name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This past Wednesday, at noon Mass, we reflected on the truth that Christianity, at its very core, is an experienced life and faith of oneness, of oneness. Oneness between us and our God, oneness between one another, and corporately oneness of the body of Christ with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Humanity was created for community. We were built for it from the very beginning. And without community, without community, we cannot become, by the grace of God, our fulfilled, complete, human person that he has created us to be. Because we're made in the image and the likeness of a God whose very nature and personhood is community. Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit eternally dwelling in an absolute movement of love towards one another always. And that's the relationship, community of God He's made us in that image. We heard the words of our St. Peter from 1 Peter in chapter 3, speaking with emphasis the importance of community and how to live from the nature of God to protect it and further it. When he said these words, finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted. Be courteous towards one another, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Summed up, our St. Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, was teaching us, be one as the Lord your God is one by living from his nature towards one another that he has shared with us. This is the life of Christianity in the kingdom of God realized in heaven and on earth. We have to understand in the same breath that we have an enemy that since the very foundation of the creation of all things and the creation of mankind has always been seeking to divide mankind from God and also seeking to divide mankind from one another. All of his strategies point towards this because we're saved by the community of God himself and the community of his people with God present with us. This is why St. Peter so strongly speaking about the body of Christ being living stones as one together and unified. It's why our Lord Jesus Christ in our gospel reading from St. Matthew today, he's going to take this a step further. It's as if St. Peter was teaching us that it's by living from the nature of God that we protect and grow and further this community of love in the kingdom of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ is going to take the other side of the coin and say, yes, and don't be the nature of Satan. Don't be the nature of Satan to one another. He's speaking today to us. In our gospel reading of two strategies that Satan is always using to divide relationships. To divide relationships. And we want to note these today because, my friends, I tell you the truth. 
the keeping of the unity of relationships, all relationships, it will require something of us. Dedication to the protection of relationships, of oneness, self-control, to keep our own humanity in check from harming one another, offending one another, and the will, as St. Peter said, not to revile, but the will to live diligently as a blessing to one another. It'll require something of us. So Jesus says in the Gospel reading today, He says, You have heard it said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. The first satanic strategy to divide the unity of the body of Christ mentioned by our Lord is for Satan to stir up within our hearts unbridled, wrathful anger against a brother, sister, or group of brothers or sisters in Christ. Because the word for anger that our Lord is using when he says this it means just that, an aroused anger, an inflamed anger against someone. The anger he speaks about, it's a seething anger, one that explodes beyond the boundaries of self-control and volcanoes out of the heart that ends up damaging a brother or sister in Christ. This is the anger that our Lord is describing that is anything but the nature of God himself, and it destroys and it breaks the unity in the body of Christ. And it leaves scars on our individual brothers and sisters in Christ. It occurs when one of our humanity rubs wrongly against or hurtfully against the humanity of someone else in the body of Christ. Anger arises, but no self-control by the Holy Spirit is applied. And that anger within one's soul, we will all recognize this in our lives at times. The anger within the soul becomes like a fire that consumes a house and then explodes out of it doing damage to those around it. You see, this anger is dangerous to any and all relationships. In fact, both the things our Lord is going to speak to us about. It is entirely about what Satan uses to divide all relationships, this anger. And in a moment, we'll talk about the tongue unleashing it. But this anger that he speaks about will divide relationships in the body of Christ, all throughout the body of Christ. This anger will divide relationships and hurt one another in our relationship with our spouses. It will damage our children if we unleash the anger to our children. Sibling to sibling will damage and break unity amongst one another. You sing this. Every relationship can be divided and touched by something so other than the nature of God. This uncontrolled, bridled anger that we unleash because we've been wounded. And this is why St. Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 4. And he says something very interesting. He says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, he says, nor give place to the devil. By the way, that's what giving in to wrath and letting wrath consume us. That's exactly what it does. It does not submit the heart to God. It submits the heart to Satan. It's exactly what we're doing. What a great teaching 
as the Holy Spirit inspires St. Paul to speak right into the realities of our humanity and against what Satan is always trying to do. And notice that St. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. St. Jerome really puts this clear for us in a teaching. He said, anger can occur when we are wounded by one another. St. Paul is allowing us as vulnerable and weak humans that in the face of some undeserved event and anger, we may be moved to some level of annoyance, but only as if a light breeze were disturbing the serenity of the mind. But on no account, he says, are we to be carried into the swelling rapids of the impulse of rage. In other words, my friends, it is perfectly human and acceptable that each one of us unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, is going to do something to offend. Whether we mean to or not, we're going to offend one another in our humanity. And that's understood by God. We are to work with the Holy Spirit who is alive and within us to let Christ rule over our anger and not let it rule over us and become rage. That rage that harms another and can damage, as Jesus says, even murder the spirit of our brother and sister in Christ. And that's why St. Paul says, don't let the saints be angry, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath. St. John Chrysostom says this, let it go an hour, two, maybe three, but settle any wrath with your brother or sister before the end of the day. So all of this, this unbridled anger that divides, our Lord is speaking uh, to us about what's on the inside of our human person regarding another human person. But then he's going to shift in the gospel and the next thing that he says to the external, the unleashing, the volcanoing up of the anger. And he's going to speak to one of the most truly dangerous weapons ever given to man, the tongue, the mouth. Jesus says, whoever says to his brother, Rock, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. You know what the key phrase is there? It's not Rock and fool. We'll get to that in a minute. It's whoever says. He's pointing to the unleashing of the rage and the anger within the soul that cuts one to pieces. That's what he's speaking to. And when Jesus does say, whoever calls his brother Raka and whoever calls his brother fool, we need to note the true sentiment and intent and truth of Christ's words. Raka and fool, both of those words that he uses here, ultimately they have to do with the belittling of a person's worth and value. The cutting to shreds by our words, making someone feel and seeing them and making someone feel they are so much less valued by the words that we speak. St. Hilary says this about that. One who reproaches someone as empty or worthless, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, becomes liable to the counsel of holy men and is to expiate this outrage against the Holy Spirit. Notice it didn't say outrage against the person. This outrage against the Holy Spirit through spiritual discipline handed down by those holy judges. 
In other words, when we treat someone with our words, cutting them and making them feel like they are less valuable, that person who is filled with the Holy Spirit, we are not just offending the person, we are offending God the Holy Spirit who dwells within them. See? Think of the tongue unleashing unbridled anger like that sword. This is what Jesus is saying. Cutting a person, slicing and dicing away their sense of authentic value as one who is sacred. As one created by God. One loved, redeemed by God, and now one who has been filled with the Holy Spirit. By the onslaught of the words, because we're angry at them. All of this causes great damage to a brother and sister in Christ. The power of the tongue. By the way, the power of the tongue to bring life, as well as the power of the tongue to harm, must never be underestimated. Our Lord says about this critical instrument that we've been given elsewhere in the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 12. He says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many of you know in poker and other card games what a tell is? Some of you are saying yes, some don't know. A tell is this. If I'm playing cards with a group of people, I watch their body language. I watch how they look when they're looking at their cards or placing their bets. Because we begin to pick up on patterns of what they're doing in their human behavior. It really gives away what's in their true hand. My friends, our tongue is a tell. Our tongue, by the way we use it, cursing which Christ is, is speaking against, cursing our brother and sister, cutting them into pieces, or blessing. Our tongue is the tell, the true read, to the condition of the soul. We need to notice that in ourselves and help one another with that very same thing. So what do we do with this mighty weapon, the tongue that we have been given? Blessed St. James in St. James chapter 3, he says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren. These things ought not be so. St. Augustine, he tells us what the only hope for the help with our tongue really is when he says, what are we to do? Let us understand, my dearly beloved, that if no human being can tame the tongue, we must take refuge in God Almighty, and He will tame our tongue. It's like everything else in our lives. We have got to open our hearts to the divine experience through everything He's given us in His holy church to make great contact and fellowship with that true relationship with Him where we are experiencing Him and from the experience being transformed from glory to glory more into His nature, I promise you this. The more you're changed and the more that I'm changed into His nature, the more control, self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes over the tongue. We begin to be transformed in even our tongues. Our hope is only in God. You know what the real hope is? I really believe this. Is that as we're transformed, what happens is what I like to call the roadway 
from our mind, thought, and emotions to our mouths. <laughs> when we first come into Christ, it's like a brief little strip. As Christ is healing our souls, he's building more room so that there's more time from when we have emotions. There's more time when somebody's humanity rubs us wrongly to let Christ come into our thoughts by the Holy Spirit and manage them so that he, by his grace, not by our humanity and the weakness therein, he, by his grace, takes our hand during that road trip, takes our hand through this, and spares us from damaging our conscience and decreasing the value of our brother and sister in Christ. You see, that's what he's after. And I give you one more thing. What should we do with all of this? Learn, to this, learn this truth. We must learn to look at one another, everyone filled with the Holy Spirit, and see them as the sacred vessel they are. Everyone in the body of Christ, to see one who's redeemed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and right in front of me, the presence of God is there in that person. To see them in this way. And because of that, to give honor to every soul. We must do this in the body of Christ. We must do this, we must see our spouses as sacred vessels and treat them with that honor. We must treat our children as those filled with the Holy Spirit, sacred vessels to be honored and offered to God. Every relationship we have, we must see the holy and the divine in one another. My friends, that will go a long way in us deciding how we're going to treat one another when we're offended. And I tell you this truth, if we can submit our anger to Christ like this and let him dwell in our mouth, to be that place of self-control. Satan's strategies to divide will be thrown down, bound in chains, and conquered. And the experience of the blessed unity of God amongst us and the unity of his people, we will be filled and overjoyed with the continual experience of it. And many will be saved as they experience God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.